Hi, and welcome to Episode 4 of the Port Swing Orchestra Podcast. I'm super excited to have Alex Cannon and Gavin Watts from the Reformers on this episode. It's our first interview. PSO has teamed up with Alex and Gavin and is happy to announce the release of a new EP of three epic jams which transformed PSO into a space-age high-sounding celestial bonanza. To celebrate this momentous occasion, Gavin and I will be playing in various configurations live on the porch Sunday, July 23rd here in Austin. If you're interested in details, subscribe to the Substack, that's porchsweetorchestra.substack.com, and we'll send you the details. Rumor has it that the event will be streamed live via Porch Swing Orchestra's Instagram, at porchsweetorchestra, one word. Here's a little background on the Reformers. One half of the duo is Gavin Watts. He's an Austin-based polymath whose proclivities include painting, high-level research in the field of public special education, Gavin is an assistant professor of special education in the College of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University, San Antonio. Gavin also has a side project called Cougar Island and The Answers, which he plays with Lauren Grant, who was featured on PSO number 153. She plays the drums and percussion. As if that wasn't enough, Gavin has also been cooking up his own solo country songs. The reformers make soundtracks for films that don't exist. At least that's been their tagline. But now the music is informing actual films both Alex and Gavin are making, as we'll hear about in the interview to follow. Alex made an award-winning documentary, La Cita, with Grecia Arlene Maldonado Valenzuela, which is a tribute to the LGBT activist Janine, and empathetically documents Valenzuela's daily struggles as a trans woman living in Tijuana. When Alex is not sculpting landscapes with his keyboards or directing films, he runs his own legal firm, specializing in immigration issues in California. Alex and Gavin have also made fictional films revolving around informants running from a cartel, based on some of Alex's casework. Alex's film is called El Mago, and Gavin's is called Llewellyn, which takes its name from the character Gavin plays in El Mago. It's all interconnected. You can find our EP on Bandcamp and your favorite streaming services soon, but you can also hear it on the pod. After we hear a few tunes from the Reformers oeuvre, we let it rip in its entirety, so buckle up. Also, the Reformers will publish their own version of the EP, a kind of blown-out cassette version, so stay tuned for that. To find out more details, again, you can subscribe to the Substack at portswingorchestra.substack.com. Links to where you can see these films will be in the show notes, along with links to the new PSO Reformers EP, and where you can find the Reformers recordings and jack into the Gavin Watts musical ecosystem. So that's it for now. Let's get right into it. Here's my interview with the Reformers, followed by music from the Reformers and the brand new split EP from Portswing Orchestra and the Reformers. Enjoy. Super excited to have Alex Cannon and Gavin Watts of the Reformers as my first hosts on this podcast. It's a dream come true to be like a pretend Terry Gross. And uh, thank you for being my guinea pigs 
um, in this journey. And I'm also excited because this is the on the occasion, a split EP that we've uh, put together, a kind of collaboration, which Port Swing Orchestra is all about collaborations. And this one is pretty fun. Um, it's a super space age delight that is super surprising. And we'll get more into that later. And then at the end of the podcast, we'll play all three of those tracks, um, which will be officially released on July 23rd as a live event here in Austin on the porch. More details about the physical locale and all that kind of stuff will be available via the newsletter. And that's where we're at. So I want to jump right in and talk about the reformers and what y'all do. And so if y'all would introduce yourselves, that would be great. It's easier on me (laughs) uh, uh, for sure. And that way, you're represented in a in a in a in a way that you feel fit. Um, Alex uh, Cannon, can you tell us about who you are, what you do in the Reformers, and all that? For sure. Thanks, Barry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to see you, man. So, uh, I'm Alex Cannon. I'm an attorney. I'm also I also make movies, and I'm part of. Very proud to say I'm part of the Reformers. Gavin and I started the Reformers in high school, and uh, uh, it's all thanks to Gavin. Why why I'm here because. Um, <laughs> COVID hit, Gavin and I, we, we went our own ways. We didn't talk for a long time. And then uh, COVID hit and Gavin reached out to me. He said, hey, man, I was listening to this from high school. It's not too bad. Maybe we should keep building on these tracks. So then after that, I started listening to some of his stuff. And I heard his track with Candle, which is amazing. And I heard this. I said, man, let me, let me connect Isaac keyboard. Let me get GarageBand going again. And the next thing you know, we started recording. So it's great, man. And we keep working on it. It's great. And we're composing soundtracks. It used to be soundtracks for movies that would not ever get made, but the movies are getting made now and we're using the music. So it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to talk about that because I'm a little confused on what's real and, and what's not, <laughs> right? You know, because that's what the tagline was, was there's no no yeah. film and then but there is kind of a film, and then I'm like Googling who Llewellyn is and stuff like that, and I'm getting, I'm getting mixed results, and it's kind of a crazy wormhole to go down, which is, is sort of awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward, Barry, to talking about any of that stuff. I think it's so fun. Like, conceptually, like Alex and I, start, like he said, we started the Reformers back in high school, and then we reconnected. Um, I'm Gavin Watts. I, uh, I'm one member of the Reformers. I live and work in Austin, Texas, where... I create music with um, Alex and also my band here called The Answers, an art rock project, and also many other projects. Do a lot of recording out of my studio called What's Happening Records and putting out different projects on that label. And I also create some visual art, which a lot of it overlaps with the music. And it is a, a fun kind of collaborative space as well to get other um individuals that I work with musically, but also in the visual art world to kind of, I don't know, create projects that are unique to themselves and kind of more conceptual, more often than not in the art rock space. I was excited when you asked me to do the Porch Swing Art Orchestra uh, recordings, and I thought we could make something fun. Um, You did one with my wife, Lauren Grant, who plays drums in The Answers, and that turned out really cool. So I was really looking forward to us jamming together and seeing what would come of it. And as we, the three of us know, a lot has come of it. (laughs) So I look forward to talking about it. Yeah, man, totally. Uh, So Gavin was featured on two uh, PSOs, which is a, you know, it's a small group, a small elite group 
to be featured twice. Uh, but we had such a great, great session. Um, uh, there was so much to pull from. And, you know, it just really draws on all your your strengths, Gavin, you do so many different things. We could spend a whole hour talking about just the different bands and projects that- Sorry, are... Barry, I, I just don't have time for that. I got too many projects going. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, so yeah, for sure. So Gavin was a part of uh, PSO 190 and 198, and the first one was in November 17th, 2022. And the, the most recent was in February. And then of course, We'll have more stuff with the reformers coming up, which are kind of remixes, but not more than remixes because Alex played synth and drums, beats and all kinds of like atmospheric stuff that totally transformed it in this like super surprising and an amazing way, which is really in tune with what the reformers do, creating these kind of this sort of atmospheric stuff. And so what I want to ask too, so if you guys met in high school first, where did y'all go to high school? And then like, were you making like synth art rock in high school? Like, what was that? Scene like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we met it. So we, yeah, we met in high school uh, on the Western edge of Chicago and we, we started jamming together. I don't know. Alex could maybe correct me because it's been so long <laughs> ago, but we started jamming to, together. I think immediately we, we, we were always, I think we met and just like really knew we were on each other's wavelength because we just were so into music in general and films. And so after just talking about our favorite films, going to see so many movies, listening to so much music together, we just started making it once the first, you know, version of GarageBand came out. I, I was more playing guitar. Alex is a, is um classically trained uh, piano player. <laughs> and so he we just started recording stuff and i got to say like the early stuff you can hear some of the early stuff on our you know spotify the reformers it, some of it has been remixed but it's called the chicago instrumentals and it's really it's kind of experimental you know you know art rock and stuff that we liked like brian eno um early to ambient it was it's all in there and we just started recording stuff and i had it on my hard drive we didn't we we didn't really release it but we came back to it and we were like, this stuff is, you know, even for high school kids, we were kind of surprised <laughs> and we were, when we listened back to it and said, you know, this, this doesn't sound like your average, um, you know, radio pop, you know, song or any song that, uh, I, that any high school kid I've ever known what <laughs> was making so we said why don't we just keep going and see if we can get back together and because it's so easy now to just send each other songs that are ideas and over the internet and we just started collaborating and honestly it was so natural when we started doing it again we just kept going and we've just been releasing I don't know Alex like what like two albums a year I, I mean yeah one to two one to two and they're they're heavily conceptual albums so once the idea is in place and we get like some sort of framework of a initial little nugget of an idea we just start going for it but i don't know I, I, thinking back to when we first started i just it was it's just such a natural it was just such a natural like cre creative process between us that i don't know what do you how do you remember it alex <laughs> yeah the, the the same it all started with cross country cross country yeah. high school so yep running distance and That's... then after that we connected very well very naturally and then we started watching a lot of movies a lot of good movies from the 70s and 80s and then I grew up, uh, you know, watching the classics of the 70s and the 80s. So even though contrary to what Gavin says, I have no 
training, let alone classical <laughs> training whatsoever. I just, um, to me, I, I grew up being a big cinephile. I was always into movies and the, being really into movies. The most important aspect for me was, was music. Music really was an important factor in my favorite movies and it still remains my favorite movie. So I grew up listening to, you know, music by Giorgio Moroder, Philip Glass, Max Richter, uh, you know, Hans Zimmer, the, the earlier Hans Zimmer. So the Thin Red Line, very atmospheric, crescendo, emotional building pieces. And uh, then I discovered synth, piano, started playing around with, with the tracks and we would record in Gavin's basement with the pool table, which is really cool and the bench press next to it. So yeah. <laughs> So we would, uh, I remember the one track that was super, that really stuck with me, which we did was ironically a track called San Diego. I say ironically, cause that's where I wound up, but it was just a very simple, mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you the core. I, I, I don't even know my chords, but I know by ear, I can tell you how it goes. And then from there, it's just like Gavin says, we just started doing stuff and we have our, we had our high school smash hit death, death march of the shadow caster. Why is that? The, why is that the smash hit? That, that's what I want to know. Like in high school, you're playing like the talent shows. You are you playing like you know house parties? Or, no, it was like, like pure, purely like a recording, like like art. <laughs> I don't know, just a creative art piece. My my dad had a reel to reel player in our basement. You could only record two channels. I I really got into that stuff real early, and I said, man, maybe we could record something on here first. And we did, and it sounded like garbage, but it was cool because we learned, um, you know, what that we could just actually record things, and then we moved past that. But we really, we were just, we were just recording as many types of songs that we could. And like Alex said, if we saw something visually, film or otherwise that was inspiring to us, it just was a jumping off point to make a um, an audio piece that was representative of that. So when we were in high school, it was, what was that? It was, you know, the, the George W. Bush era. So we, yeah. were, we were, we were heavily informed by, I mean, not so different than today, but political things that were around us, but not deeper informed about it. So we made a song called Death March of the Shadowcasters, which is a heavily political instrumental song that's very dark and disturbing and uh, cool. Wow. On your band camp pages, you can also find a lot of this stuff. So the Chicago instrumentals, that's what we're talking about. We're ta- that's from your yeah. high school. And those are, yeah. And those are remixed versions where they're a little bit more kind of like well, we can get into it in a minute, like um, a version of the Port Swing Orchestra reformers collaboration. That's going to be the tape warped version. It's kind of maybe where I started doing that, where it's like, I take the songs and heavily manipulate them, but the the soul of the soul of the song is there so it, yeah you can hear a lot of the pieces in there that's pretty amazing i mean it, yeah that that definitely is not your average sort of uh cheap trick covers or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. uh, uh uh i'm going to get a little bit into sort of the film stuff and also just the kind of the sure, sort yeah. of the the variety of sounds, you know, and thinking about sort of film music, how it plays in the narrative. Um, in some ways, there's film for music, and then there's music for film. And sometimes I think those roles are reversed in what y'all are doing, where the 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 music is so visually, I don't know, sort of animated that it really seems to propel uh, a kind of narrative, right? Um, 
And and then the the song titles, you know, will kind of go along. There was even like a structure of a trial, it seemed, on one of the records, hmm. right? Um, sure. um, that you could kind of go through the disposition. But then there's a, an, another sort of polarity where um, things are more just sort of atmospheric, right? Or something like the the structure seems different with the Monday through Sunday, for instance, right? Where mm. it's the, uh, uh, I love the instrumentation, Alex, of the never tuned cello. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good, but it was so beautiful because you have that kind of analog kind of flavor to it, but then it also kind of animates a kind of, I don't know, quasi horror film or something like that. And then the, the stark cover of the white hallway is evocative of maybe a more corporate space or something less than, yeah. the, say, The Shining or something like that, or some mm-hmm. kind of gothic. Yeah, I like that. Thing. I like that. <laughs> um, so there's something interesting about that. So, yeah. So how do you, you know, how do those sort of thematics, do you think about how narrative plays into going into the album? And do you, do you oscillate between those two poles? And, Alex, what do you think? How's that developed in, in the reformers? Well, I would say I always have the idea that this is somehow going to be used in a movie. So to me, what's so important about film music is, and this is where I think, well, it's just become a sad affair these days with, you know, there, there's just a big output of, of assembly line streaming productions. Music is manufactured along with scripts and everything else, basically, to just tell the audience what to feel. But when you watch like the great movies, like, you know, Gavin, and I always talk about Midnight Express uh, or Scarface, or like I said earlier, uh, The Thin Red Line, 1984, uh, The Killing Fields, where Mike Oldfield, rock artist, composed the soundtrack. The, the music doesn't tell you what to feel. The music is an integral part of the experience. So it's it's enhancing your experience and it's heightening your experience. So that's really, to me, what the most important thing is in terms of what we do, in terms of crafting the music, it's not that it needs to tell the audience that, all right, here comes the killer around the corner or something bad's going to happen here or cue the you know sympathetic feeling. It just organically develops with what you see. So I always use that as a, as a, as a guide. Do you guys have, like, do you sit down? I mean, I've, some of the liner notes also say, like, recorded in a cabin somewhere and then mixed, you know, later in the studio. So I have this kind of romantic notion of you guys kind of getting together and, like, hammering out a skeleton of an idea. But how does how does that happen? It's probably emails. But but how, hmm. how do you come up with that kind of, you were talking about that kind of structure. Yeah, uh, Tell me about that. Yeah, that's a really good question because that is, like, the heart of it is, when, I mean, when we started reconnecting and started making music again together it was purely sending you know a basic idea back and forth to each other which was the heart of it and then just layering and getting inspired by each other's um kind of additions to a thing and now recently over the past couple of years we've really made it a priority to get a recording uh space that we where we can meet and like that monday through sunday album we were in a cabin in remote Arizona up in the uh, out in the hills. And it was, it was like, it was just a great inspiring space to be in. Alex, some of that cello that was on that album, the never tune cello was recorded from the front porch on my phone with the, you know, the ambience of a Canyon bouncing back to us. And, you know, I, we didn't, we didn't assume anyone was too close to hear it, but it was loud enough that maybe someone heard some early reformers uh bass tracks bass tracking um but it was really 
it it's really been cool because when, when we meet together now in person and jam together, it's a totally different dynamic than sending each other songs and then recording remotely because we're, we were really jamming together and like how, and I was playing the synthesizer while he's playing the cello and then he's adding some more synths or drum beats over the top. So it's kind of, we got out of our regular routines and tried some new things, which was really cool. But I honestly, the, like the original concepts, like um, the reformer's self-titled album that has uh, a trial basically built into the theme, the concept with that one came kind of mid midway to the end of the recording process where we're like, this kind of has a theme going. Mm -hmm. um, how do we connect the the dots, you know, and in that way, and it became this trial piece. And then this newest one that's going to come out this um, at the end of the summer called the blood warrant. We were just texting back and forth and we were talking about a cool, I think Alex even sent me the first blood warrant theme that came, became the blood warrant theme that, that maybe you can play Barry in this theme is just like really heavily 80s. We just came up with an idea of a 1980s film that's a detective thriller. And then from yeah. just one song, it just blossomed into a full album where, I mean, we're actually struggling to cut down songs because we get too much. <laughs> double, <laughs> double album. I mean, uh, we're, we're not against it. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. No, it totally is evocative of that. You kind of get that sort of like, sweeping sort of Don Johnson sort of view of uh, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. hovering over the water, you know, just like, you know, and, and laser beams kind of going by. It's just, it is amazing. Yeah, uh, totally. But, yeah. And such a crazy contrast to that, the Monday through Sunday it does have that expansive feel. Like, I, don't, I mean, I didn't see the canyon, but you do sort of feel it. And I think it does have a, a different sort of organic kind of feel and then i kind of love the sort of jump cut to the sort of 80s sort of adventure detective business that's going on uh, because they're they're definitely fun there was also a another track that i was really i, I really loved which was trunk of a chevy um <laughs> which sure which has like kind of has some answers business in terms of it's like kind of riff oriented, but it's all back masked and sort of chopped. So you can kind of feel the sort of the guitar riff, but you also feel like it's somewhere in a different dimension or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. um, I do want to ask too, though. So where did the name the reformers come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Alex has always been a real, he, I mean, even the work he does now as um, in the law world of uh, immigration services and helping out individuals that are un unjustly treated, you know, and it kind of goes back to our original, you know, our high school mentality of, you know, seeing things are what appeared to be fucked up around us and being like, well, maybe there's some reforma reformation that could be happening, you know, and then it kind of is a very fitting this. That's just the way I remember it. But it's very fitting because then the reformers took a long hiatus because we, Alex and I amicably went our own ways in our own own lives moved forward and now we reformed you know so it's like and and also a lot of the pieces that we make are kind of reformed from other ideas or you know versions of previous ideas and reformed or changed for what we think are the better um so i don't know it it, it became very fitting but it's just like a high school a couple of high school dudes that just put that into our 
iTunes as performers. And they were like, that sounds cool too. So I don't know. What do you think, Al? Yeah, I think it came about when it was, a, I made that one uh, video of the uh, town March in Chicago of all the immigrants. And right. I put the, the U2 song, <laughs> the hands that built America in the background. Yeah. It, we, we all of a sudden at the end, um, when the end titles, quote unquote, were, were running the week, we composed a track, which was like a guitar and synth. And I think that's when we decided, Hey, we'll call ourselves a reformer. So maybe it was, I think it was piggybacking off that <laughs> topic. Um, that's right. Yeah. Nice. That's, that sounds right. <laughs> well, I love all that. I love that. You know, we, we all have different, all, all these kind of different lives. Right. And, and, but it all feeds our artwork and, and then I love all those kinds of connections. It's, it's awesome to hear that. So I want to talk about a little bit about the Port Swing Orchestra thing that we're doing. So that started with, with jamming with your wife, Lauren, who I knew from art circles. So there's art coming back to the music stuff. Right. She worked at, uh, Laurel Reynolds, which is a gallery I, I show at uh, when I'm making photographs in my other life. She told me she played drums, uh, and I was like, "What?" Um, and uh, the, the rest is history. There, we so Gavin and I got together and we played. Um, he's got this amazing garage that's converted into what I might call the sort of dream man space, if you will. I don't yeah, I've seen the pictures. It's, it's nice, man. You just got to get a piano in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You I need you to bring one yeah, with, with the reformers uh, budget next album. <laughs> well, I'm sure with the proceeds from the split EP that that'll be no problem. No problem at no all. Problem no problem at all. all. We turned on the recorder and then just stopped about an hour later. And it was like, well, I think we've got enough here. And then uh, we put up a couple of things up on the port swing. And then later on, I was doing dishes and I got a, either an email or from Gavin. It said, hey, we remixed. I can't even remember what the wording was, some of the things we did together. And I listened to it. I was completely blown away just how transformed it was. I mean, I think what we did, Gavin, together was cool. But this thing, Alex, when you put it together, it just had this whole other dimension. I mean, it was like a narrative kind of push to it, if you will, right? There was a kind of structure. There yeah. was percussion. There was low end. There was swirling. It was almost re reformed. Yeah. <laughs> You might say in some way. In some you way. might say in some way it was it was definitely reformed. Yeah, for sure. So how did that come about? Honestly, that is that. I mean, it, that's almost like the perfect model of what how the reformers works is. Yeah, Barry, you and I jam, we jammed and 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 I cut out little pieces that I thought were um, you know interesting little sections of our long jam piece, and we were grabbing different instruments, and then. Um, and as I usually do, I send them along to Alex and I say, check out, this is what I'm working on. This is what I just did. Um, I know he'll always listen with a very um, deep focus and give me feedback or give me insights that I might not hear or maybe like reinforce what I hear. And a lot of the times the way it works is I send him something and he gets inspired and just goes for it. And I don't even know it's, it's going to happen, you know, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened which is always a nice surprise because as surprised as you were, that's the same feeling I had when, when Alex <laughs> sent me back the tracks and he's like, Hey, look, he's like, I got inspired. And I thought that this would be a cool texture, a couple of cool textures to add to the piece. And he did. And then he did one. And then as he usually does, he, he it's a snowball rolling down a hill and <laughs> he just starts going off on other tracks, which is my favorite part of working with Alex. <laughs> Thanks Gab. Yeah. Yeah. Right back at you. That's exactly the same thing. 
I feel when I get a track together and I send like uh, Gavin and I did this, we worked on this track called Skeletons. Is that coming oh, out yeah. of Blood Warrant? Yeah, coming- um, oh, oh, Blood okay. Warrant. Yeah, so, Skeletons. Skeletons, I, I basically, so I, I guess if someone wants to know like what kind of music would the reformers do, I, I'd say if there was a movie made by all of the following directors combined. <laughs> so you got like Michael Mann, Martin Scorsese, Darren Aronofsky, Terrence Malick, and Francois Truffaut. If they all came together, and <laughs> made a movie, the soundtrack would be by the reformers. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. That's, pretty, that that's pretty good. Those, those directors are about creating experiences for the audiences, right? So I say that I use the Skeletons as an example, which is a track you'll be hearing in the Blood Warren album. I mean, I put it together... I was inspired actually by William Breakin's movie, The Sorcerer, where the Tangerine yeah, the Dream Sorcerer. soundtrack, which was super badass. I mean, Tangerine Dream just did a couple soundtracks. They did one for Sorcerer. They did one for uh, Bill Paxton, a movie starring Bill Paxton, like a vampire movie directed by Catherine Bigelow. And it was, those soundtracks were so good. So I'm listening to Sorcerer and I'm saying, this is so good. I got inspired. I did Skeletons and I sent it over to Gavin and then Gavin sends it back. And when I heard what he added to it i had chills all over my body and that's when i said for my movie i just finished el mago i said i gotta figure out a way to create a scene exclusively for this song so that's kind of how it is so that's how that process came about now with the pso tracks i was listening to them and i i was reminded a lot of uh well like pink floyd wish you were here the christmas of the guitar um yeah i think if i could take one song to my grave i'd probably take comfortably numb just because of the perfect mix of chill drums, synth, lyrics, melodies, unpredictable. But then I hear PSO and I'm thinking, it sounds so much like Pink Floyd. And then, I, and then I'm also thinking of uh, Popol Vuh, which was the band led by Florian Frick, who, uh, yeah. who did the music for Werner Herzog's movies. And his, he spent a lot of time in India. So his music was obviously Western, but also very Eastern inspired as well. So um, there was a lot of soul. There's a lot of Eastern soul in his music. So I'm listening to the PSO and I say, man, this is so good. Combine some of the tracks and then thinking, hey, let's take it like a shine on you crazy diamond, Popol Vuh type thing. And it, it, the cool thing is each PSO has a completely different feel to it, right? One oh, is sure. a definitely. Upbeat, a little is more subdued, a little is more pensive, but overall it has this kind of shine on you crazy diamond ambient Brian Eno and I you know and the cool thing is when I'm it's just and I tell Gavin I, I'll send him screenshots of some of the presets I find in GarageBand it's just infinite the possibility so I'm just messing around and then all of a sudden I hear the synth I was like oh man this is so cool let's just play some isolated tracks and let's see how it sounds that's how it evolved yeah but you do a good job of like of taking those those sounds you find, you know, you find and and uncover and like manipulate them and taking them to the next level. Cause that's like, there's a, there's a unique sound that you get just like in your own plane. Can I just say, if I got to take a song to my grave, a Pink Floyd song, I'm taking careful with that ax, Eugene. (laughs) Not set the controls for the heart of the sun. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, Okay. Okay. I'll take that. <laughs> no, Gavin likes the screaming. I, I, I love Roger the Water scream. I, I, love, I love the primal scream. I mean, that's what I'm taking to my grave. Just that little sound piece. I'll, nice. be, for, I'll be forever uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Your guitars were amazing, guys. I mean, the, the I mean, the it's so crisp and it's it was so unique because that's that. Uh, I don't know what kind of guitar it is. I'm not well versed in guitars, but it's like steel string guitar. I mean, we hadn't heard that in our tracks and the reformers because it's usually gavin you got the 
electric guitar yeah, with, the, sure. with the static and you got the bass. But this is the first time I've heard some old school, very good, conventional, crisp, organic guitar notes. So I, I was just kind of swept away by it. So I was like, Let, let's let's add. They're so expressive in and of themselves. Let's add this bass. Let's add this ambient background for to just let them, you know, float on. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it's, yeah, it was super fun. And I think a lot of that credit also goes to Gavin to make, make those sounds really good. And he also had some fun guitars to play, some Nashville tuning guitars, which I've never played on before, which was super fun to experiment with. But it was just also just like, hey, let's just try this. And it was just a great, great experience. So I want to circle back to, Alex, you're talking about a scene of a movie that you're making. So let's talk about real movies. Are you making a movie? What's happening here? Yeah, so so let me just give you a little background how it works. So um, Gavin reaches out to me during COVID. I listen to his track Candle. I check out you know Cougar Island answers his solo tracks. I'm filling up my playlist with his songs, and I'm just listening to it. I was like, damn, this is really good. So I get inspired. So it, it basically inspires me. I got a piano sitting here, which I haven't really played for some years. I've just been caught up with work and the career and stuff like that. So I start playing some simple tracks and I, and I record them all from my phone. So I send them to Gavin. Gavin starts giving me feedback. Next thing you know, we start working on tunes. And then that basically gave me a push to make what would be my first full-fledged movie, which was a, a documentary. It was a 15-minute documentary on the life of a, a transgender sex worker in Tijuana. And it, we wound up winning awards. It was screened in Palm Springs, Vegas. LA. And it's cool because Gavin was with me. He saw the genesis. He saw the evolution of it. He saw it start with just simple snapshots of the greatest streets of East Tijuana. He saw it evolve into a movie. And then during the editing process, we wound up making more music together. I wound up making music. Gavin would give me feedback. And next thing you know, I have a full-fledged movie with all original music, which was like a dream come true for me. And even gets to the point where I show him a scene in the movie, a very pivotal, pivotal scene in the movie, he gets inspired, he composes a track based on, I say, okay, I need to expand the scene a little longer to accommodate the music. So for me, music is the priority and I need to, you know, find a way to accommodate the music. So La Cita did well, we won a bunch of awards. It was a lot of blood, sweat and tears went into it. Gavin knows all about it. It's a very personal passion project. I jumped into my second project, which wound up being an hour long. It has music by me. And my, my artistic name, my pseudonym is Winston Sizemore, which is hilarious because that's the name Gavin and I made up in high school. It was an alter ego we made up. We said, because <laughs> we were in a, like, you know, I don't know where we got Winston from, but we were always a fan of Tom Sizemore, rest in peace. So, you know, he was in like Bringing Out the Dead and Heat and Black Hawk <laughs> Down. So he's in Winston Sizemore. I, did, I make this movie, El Mago, which is a, about a, you know, a drug trafficker who's spending his last day of freedom. And the question is, is he going to go to prison or is he going to get murdered by the drug cartel for having snitched? So I got all my friends. They all did cameos. I piecemealed the movie. It added a scene by scene by scene by scene. Next thing you know, it's full of music by Winston Sizemore and the Reformers. A lot of the music Gavin and I worked on inspired me to come up with scenes. So I would basically create subplots. <laughs> I created characters based on what I what I saw like storyboarding in my mind, listening to the music. So that's uh, going around in film. And even Gavin was, you know, executive producer. Gavin makes an appearance in it. It's really cool. And that's interesting because the way that movie started was Gavin sent me some B-roll footage, uh, which some beautiful Terrence Malick type shots of him and Lauren out in the Marfa, Texas, in the desert, in the fields. And he said, Hey, can you come up 
with like an abstract movie based on music by the reformers. And I'm watching the footage. And then I started kind of as I was watching the footage, I started automatically recording a voiceover of a case I had from one of my clients who was he was convicted of uh, federal drug trafficking. He was going to go to federal prison. And I was thinking about his sentencing hearing a lot of the things he said. He's like, hey, today's my last day of freedom. After today, I'm going to go. I, I miss my family. So I started recording this recording. And the next thing you know, bam, it became a movie. So thanks to Gavin for getting that project started. So that movies we're going that that's being shopped at festivals now, seeing if we get any traction. And right now I'm working on another movie. It's probably going to be longer than El Mago. And again, because of the music Gavin and I've been doing, I have been adding scenes to the screenplay. So it's like 150 pages right now, the script. Whoa. I love this process that the music really is the engine and, and is sort of, I guess, the sort of the dream theater. Um, it's the storyboard. It's the storyboard. storyboard. That's kind of amazing. It's a cool inversion. Um of what I think is probably the traditional way of making movies. So um, we'll put in the show notes all the, you know, the titles and where we might yeah. be able to see these movies. And I guess the the new movie obviously is not made yet, but the, and the one you're shopping around, it, is that available to see yet? Or you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the links for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's super amazing. So what's, what's on tap? What's, what are you looking forward to? I guess, Alex, you're making this, this movie and such. Um, Gavin, what, what do you got cooking? You've got the, the answers is, is, is going and you've got uh, Cougar Island, um, another uh, project of yours. And of course the visual stuff and what, what's, uh, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, well, as I, as I alluded to earlier, there's going to be a new um, Reformers album called Blood Warrant coming out at the end of the summer, early fall. And that's the 80s detective thriller soundtrack. And like I said, it's probably going to be really a, a comprehensive listen and a, a nice journey to go on. Um, mm -hmm. If you're into some heavy dark synth music and you know, and distorted guitars. It's really, it's, it's my kind of, it's some of my favorite stuff the reformers have done thus far. As usual, Alex and I are going to keep working on soundtrack music that, I, and actually I'll just go back a little bit because, uh, you know, the reformers con conceptual idea was music for films that don't exist. And that's the way it kind of, I kind of framed it in some way for us, because I thought it, we were always making uh, cinematic music, but the film ne didn't necessarily um, really exist anywhere. And it's funny enough now that we've progressed this far, now the films do exist. <laughs> and now the, now the films are starting to be made. And I'm even in the process of like pre-production on a film that I'm making based in Chicago and in, in our hometown. Wow. Um, which is, which should be cool, <laughs> um, but which should be fun too. And that'll be a whole soundtrack um, experience by itself. And, is that a narrative film? Is it fictional? Is it documentary? What, what's what's uh, going on it, with it, that? It, um, it's fictional. It's um, right now it's somewhat of a, an art heist type of a, a film. So it's very, very Whoa. much up the alley of reformer sounds, you know, and it'll probably expand the reformer sounds a little bit. Also, the answers will have some tracks on there. The answers are going to have a full, our first full length album. We have a couple EPs, which you can find um, our first two EPs um, on Bandcamp, Spotify. Um, but our first full length album is going to be coming out um, in the fall. And if awesome. you're in Austin, you can catch us. If you're in Chicago, you might be able to catch us playing live. And then um, I'll have a solo album out sometime this year. And that's that always takes the back burner, but the but like Alex said, the Alex's favorite stuff of mine is 
is the solo stuff. And that was um, the Candle album that I came out with um, a couple years ago. And so I'm going to have, and this is going to be a country album, which I've never done, which will be interesting and, and fun. I, I always have had, since moving to Texas from Chicago, I've always had a desire to make a country album that I, that I would want to listen to. And, yeah. and that's not, <laughs> and that's not always, that hasn't been the case for me with much country music, modern country music. Yeah. Um, there are, there are those that, that, that actually cut through. There's a couple that cut through, but I mean, I'm, I'm totally into the old, the original um, Hank Williams and stuff sure. like that, but everything in Which between. More that's more Which, folk. Yeah. Like our, sure, our, our sure. Guthrie, Woody Guthrie, it's less of the conventional sure. insipid nonsense. He's sitting by the four by four. He's upset. He's drinking beers. Is his girlfriend left him? Whatever, whatever. It's... Hey, who doesn't like that, Al? I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, who I doesn't like that? I don't like that. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I know. But that's exactly right. And and also in that old the old stuff is, is sad. You know, it's sad music, and I like that. Oh yeah, for <laughs> you sure. know, it's it's, yeah. it's sad dark music, and I like that. I mean, that's what. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know that it just it just says something that's truthful, and I and I appreciate it. For every once in a while, I listen to like you know contemporary country music because I'm just sort of interested, and it's it is the one I think pop idiom that encourages sort of sorrow um, and yeah. pathos in a way that's it's that's pretty interesting to think about. I mean, it's wrapped up in all kinds of sort of you know nationalism and machismo right. and all kinds of craziness right. but yep, there's yep. also like this you know true sort of heartache of that that yeah absolutely doesn't find its place in anywhere else i think in in popular idiom so it, you know it is kind of interesting that way um yeah. the lonesomeness yeah, yeah the lonesome <laughs> yeah the high and yeah the like low. we just um like we just uh i i just saw the movie or gavin and i just watched the movie tender mercies what a great movie i mean oh yeah totally and then, I mean, but it, it just, it, it, in terms of film, it hit hundred percent, all the right notes. It could have fallen into all the cliched traps, avoided it. Likewise with the music. I mean, that was some solid old school, good country music. Yeah. Of all, just ha yeah. I heavily recommend it to anyone that's listening that, you know, that likes country music and, and at the heart of it. And it's the real deal. Yeah. 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 It's nothing over the top. It's not like, you know, and it's not all, all polished up like a lot of the mm. modern music is it's really kind of a raw deal which is really sweet <laughs> well i hope that you'll play um, one of these country songs um on the ports because i'm definitely into hearing that yeah uh, for sure I think that's the plan uh, i think that's the plan i think i mean lauren knows them because she just hears me playing them around <laughs> all the time so uh i think we're right going to play a few of those which will be perfect for the um porch uh, yeah. uh, session yeah, that'd be awesome. I think I'm going to play a couple of Mountains and Stars stuff, which is a kind of a country sort of thing that I've got going that I've, oh, excellent, excellent. I've reformed, if you will, um, it brought <laughs> back from the ashes. So this has been awesome. What an amazing uh, force y'all are as separate and entities together as so much creative energy in, in so many different ways um, coming together. Uh, film, movies, and everything in between, and all in a vortex, a kind of Mobius strip of of goodness, uh, for sure. So I'm super excited that we could get together and um, and talk about it. And thank you so much for 
spending some time and then we'll put all that information in the show notes and also in the newsletter. Um, you can get that on Substack if you're interested in subscribing. That would be awesome. It's free. Or you <laughs> could support PSO by throwing us a couple nickels if you want, but no pressure there. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And um, wow. Yeah, thanks, Barry. Yeah, yeah good stuff, Barry. Thanks. Yeah, right. I enjoyed it. Great Take to see care. you again. Thanks, guys. See you, Alex.
Thanks for listening to the PSO Podcast. If you want to see the images, titles, and dates that accompany these pieces, a YouTube stream is up of them at www.youtube.com slash at Orchestra, or go to the link on porkswingorchestra.org where you can find the original PSO site and links to all things PSO. Please join the newsletter on Substack. It's free, but you can support PSO on Substack at portswingorchestra.substack.com with a paid membership. Heartfelt thanks to those of you who have already done so. Fun perks are in the pipeline for those who contribute, but mostly you can feel good about supporting all we do at PSO, whether you pay or you listen for free. Thanks so much.